What's up, TIW Mafia? JP here with Big Joe. And, I mean, we have, I guess, a special guest. We were supposed to have, from Panatella's Fool Us, we were supposed to have the Shocker. So Shocker is going to be here. I'm telling you guys, he's going to be here. But we have his manager, Greg. I'm Greg. How are you guys doing? I, I am Greg. I'm a magician here in Las Vegas. I've been working with the Shocker for years. These guys changed the time on him like three times. He had four different dates that he was going on. He's in the hot tub right now. Hopefully we can get him here before the end of the interview, but I should be able to answer any questions until we get him here that that might uh, yeah, interest you. That, part of that was my fault. Um, we were trying to get you on last week. I wanted to be a part of the interview, though, when I was going to be in uh, – I was in Daytona um, for a little metal concert. for. Um, and I was taking part in – veterans day festivities and when i say festivities what i mean was going to all the different restaurants that have the discounts and the free meals for veterans that was my take so you just went around got all the free meals and everything and yeah who can who can learn about it the hair always stopped me they never believed i was in the army i was like i was just there a week ago and for whatever reason oh you you were in the army no, I know. My dad was in the Air Force. No, no. I, I have nothing but respect for people in the military. But yeah, the hair requirement just killed me. I, I couldn't do it. Now well, you thank you for your magic service. <laughs> you you brought um Shocker onto Penatella's Fool Us. Yeah. And you did you know, you uh, I, I assume you as the manager are the one who pulled off something that no one's ever done. And I, I have actually said needs to be done on, I've always said on like America's Got Talent. And that's have a wrestling match on one of these competition reality shows. It's funny you mentioned that show. Uh, if only I was allowed to talk about it in the next three months or so. But let's just say your wish might come true sooner rather than later, but in the world of TV, a promise means just as much as it does when it's given. Right. So. Okay, and I didn't know, if I had known that, I wouldn't have brought it up. Um, yeah. Well, it, what's funny is this Fool Us thing had been going on for over a year, too. Like, we were supposed to tape, not pre-pandemic, but right after the pandemic started, the whole idea. And you guys are wrestling fans. Yeah. You ever put a ring together? Yes. Yeah, Way too every, many. Every, everybody's done their – everybody who really is a part of wrestling knows – You've you've carried that ring, you've built that ring, you've done what needs to be done. You that is not a quick process. And it only goes faster if you have more people. Right. But if you've got two 70-year-old magicians with a TV show who are paranoid about COVID, more people is not something they want. Oh, no. <laughs> so yes. With COVID restrictions, we just couldn't get the logistics of getting the ring in the studio during that first one. But then when rapid testing came out and all the vaccine, blah, 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 things changed over the next season. So in the world of TV, there's TV things that are still ongoing that were supposed to happen five years ago that, that we're still negotiating if it's ever going to happen. But, yeah, the, the AG team, uh, we might have the logistics figured out this season. But but, Well, you know, you got you got to be careful yeah, with that because Howie's, a, Howie's quite a uh, germaphobe. Well, we're yes. going to be far away from them if it happens. But I think the point is the, the point of it was though, I don't think you could bring a wrestling match onto Foolus or AGT, like just a straight up wrestling match. Like you couldn't have John Cena versus The Rock because they have a hall, they have WWE. You couldn't even have you know Raven versus Tommy Dreamer on AGT because they have a home somewhere. So it's AGT- a good match though. but what was so different about this and something i've been a proponent for is i work with sin you guys know and now everybody we were talking about before and when it comes on you know me and me me and sin we work together a lot and he'll tell you about these guys on next week he's going to be on next week week. and i say this as comfortable in my masculinity as i possibly can be I love that man with, I mean, he gets wrestling. He gets it. And not just because Jake the snake was his mentor, which is amazing in its own right. I mean, that's, that's a pedigree anybody would hope to have. But when we worked on this, I watched that guy train because we would, we'd rehearse after he would have his training sessions. 
and the lessons he was teaching that next generation about story, about selling, about you you can't just everything can't be a squash match because it's just so boring. You've got to have highs and lows. You got to have good guys that need that like everything about wrestling he just exemplifies in my opinion. So that was amazing. And in thinking about it that way, we used to do freak show wrestling out here in Vegas, which was a crazy comedy wrestling show. And we would have Jesus versus Santa Claus over who wins Christmas. And then Satan would do a run in and beat both of them. Uh, We'd have the ghost of Gary Coleman versus the ghost of Whitney Houston. Like it was irreverent, but the wrestling was still good. We'd get, Hell, we had we we had Cody Rhodes come to one of them after he got released from WWE and before anything else picked up. Cody Rhodes came to a freak show wrestling. We had uh, John Morrison at a freak show because Sin knows everybody, and yeah. they have these fun matches with guys like Cereal Man with a guy with a cereal box for a head. There was one that <laughs> Sin went up against <laughs> versions of him. So we had a mirror Sin Bodhi and a mirror of all the characters that were there, like the fake versions of them. So they had to fight their own people, like just crazy. And they were so much fun. And that's what you need for a show like Penn and Teller, Fool Us, AGT. You got to bring the people. Wrestling fans will always love wrestling. We love wrestling because we get it. We need the mainstream to love wrestling. And they're not going to get it like we do. So how do we get them involved? And more violence and more storylines of, I can kick your ass. Well, no, I can kick your ass because you kicked my ass last time. That's not going to get the people back in. That's not why they love The Rock. That's not why they love Stone Cold. They love the entertainment. Yeah. So that's that's what we really shot for, and I think we got it. I, I think if you haven't seen the video yet, by the way, go watch it like 150,000 more times. because I really It's like awesome. It. It's completely awesome. awesome. I think it's on. Um, I, I'll put a link in the chat, actually. Shocker uh, chat is that what it is? Or uh, shocker? Uh, shocker rants. Shocker so, rants. Sorry. Which is another just yeah, basically. Well, you guys know when you're doing any video, any things, you you try different things. And I had this whole idea that shocker, and I'm kind of doing it with. Uh, well, shocker is doing it with this group called the Long Hairs, which is a. They were on Shark Tank. They make hair ties for guys. The best hair ties I've ever had in my life. And so they got a deal on Shark Tank with Mark Cuban. I ended up meeting him after the first time Shocker was on Fool Us because TV and all that. And so now I'm a brand representative and I host a YouTube channel for them called The Main Event. M-A-N-E because hair. Yes. And it imagine if The Daily Show and InfoWars had a baby <laughs> and they only talked about hair conspiracies. So, like, the very first episode it was about the Westminster Dog Show. And, you know, the long-haired Afghan hound hasn't won in 40 years. Who is keeping this dog down? And, like, stuff like that. We went into the next one coming out, the Olympic runner, who had the beautiful orange hair, who couldn't run because she got uh, tested positive for pot because pot is a performance-enhancing drug. Yeah, that's so right. the performance-enhancing abilities of pot. And it really yeah. just makes you want to eat Cheetos. I don't know why. Unless you're in a pizza-eating contest. Yes. Yeah, it it makes you want to sit down and eat. <laughs> <laughs> so Shocker Rants was the original idea of that, is I was going to basically do like a Peter Griffin, what grinds Shocker's gears kind of thing. And then my first Penn & Teller video got 6 million views on that channel. So now I'm locked into that channel no matter what, because that's where all the people went. Yeah, that's um. Now I was on that channel today, and you had a um, you have a video up there of Penn doing an interview on another. It looked like another podcast type of thing. And he was saying that they didn't quite figure out your trick, actually, or that they they did, but it was a guess, and it was really questionable. Yeah, when they guessed the Shocker's trick, uh, and I I've talked to Teller a handful of times. In fact, I'm going to the show tonight. That's the whole reason we were talking about the timing because. I got tickets to go see them tonight. And dinner with um, mom. No, what? Don't forget dinner with mom. And dinner with mom. Yes. That's the whole reason we're going to the show. Mom came out so we can go to dinner and pen and tell her. Um, but yeah, he he they admitted they did not see the magic happen. They took their best guess based on their experience of what must have happened. Yeah. And they were close enough to being right that it wasn't worth. Well, Shocker I, had a better ending anyway. Shocker wasn't planning on fooling them. Shocker. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, you know, we're wrestling fans, right? I was the the kid in the audience when I went to the Magic Act that shouted, you know, it's on the ground or it's it's still between your fingers. I was that kid. And I saw a couple of things that I couldn't, I didn't figure it out at all. But I know everything that happened before the match and after the match happened for a reason. Oh, yeah. Everything. And that 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 is what I I truly believe. And Shocker might even talk about more about this when we finally get him in here. If he but gets I ahead. truly believe wrestling needs another evolution if we're going to get the regular viewers in. Yeah, I agree. And I think AEW is great. How they peeled the curtain away and kayfabe is gone and now you're getting the real life drama behind it. That's great and there's a market for that. But I think we need a market that swings so far the other way. Like one of the best wrestling matches on YouTube that still resonates with me was the guy dressed up as a cobra and the other guy dressed up as an Egyptian and they hypnotized the other oh, yeah, yeah. and it was funny as hell and it got like 60 million however many million yeah. views that they did that that was a regular thing for them but that definitely that i know the exact match you're talking about but they it was were a tag fun. team it, it, it was it was unabashedly fun it's like and the, the japanese guy when the guy grabs his junk and all of a sudden the junk starts doing the match and when kenny omega had the wrestling match with the little girl yes. it made her look Okay, this <laughs> could get Greg in trouble. I, this could get me in trouble. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a couple things. Everybody knows what's up with wrestling, and everybody knows what's up with magic. I didn't go to Harry Potter school. I'm not casting real spells. I'm doing bullshit with a pack of cards that looks cool. Wrestling, we know, and I think I'm very proud of what Shocker said on the show, where he said it was prearranged, but it's still very real. Just, just because you know the story is happening doesn't mean you're not an awesome storyteller and we need to focus on the fact that wrestlers are storytellers because no we're not trying to convince the public they fight in the back too or they hate each other you know hacksaw jim duggan and the iron sheik smoke pot together while driving to gigs like we know that now we're we're yeah. a revolution of fans so let's get that back give me freaking undead undertaker who actually comes out of the grave to grab aj styles i love that give me the boogeyman making the ultimate warrior's head ooze yeah. with blood. You got Alexa Bliss who can hypnotize somebody on the ladder and all they go is, oh no. And then it's over in three seconds. Somebody should have to pop Alexa Bliss to break that spell that she's casting before the other girl can get out of it. Like we yeah. we lean into the ridiculous in wrestling half-assed. She, Alexa Bliss it. took over a role that somebody else was much better at than she was. Yeah. And I and, love and Alexa Bliss. She wasn't right for it either. They need to amp up the entertainment side of it. They get the wrestling out of it down pat. The wrestling amp up the entertainment. Wrestling is better. Move wise, wrestling is better. I mean, I grew up in the year. I I grew up in the days of ten minute arm bars. Like holy yeah. shit, wrestling yeah. so much better now. But, <laughs> you fear the abdominal stretch. Exactly. Yeah. But now we need to do what we did with moves because we used to do those moves to sell how real wrestling was. But now because everybody knows what's up and everything, we can have these much more beautiful moves beautiful athleticism with shitty shitty storylines because they just can't put that same effort to the storyline too if you're going to do something ridiculous turn it up to a make its final tap turn it up to 11 yeah give these guys give them weird super make it make it the infinity gone i don't care just have your real guys and have your weirdos but if you're going to do it convince it well, I think the, the last time should I... never have lost a goddamn match for at least two years, in my opinion. If you're going to have somebody come out and be the next Kane Undertaker, and then you squash him every single match, you can't make a beast at that point. Right. Well, I think the last time for me that I remember seeing that type of of entertainment value coming from WWE, I think it was back when they were WWF when they first came out. I think it was a hardcore title when it was defended anywhere twenty four seven. Yep. And like you know, you're walking in a pizza shop, and you show them beating somebody up in the pizza shop, and going, you know, in the playground. He's walking to his kids in the mall, and it, that was entertaining, right? Now, and then, you know, we take that, and so I've had a meeting recently. I don't want to go into any details because we're still literally at the having dinner meetings stage. But um, we free dinner. 
Yeah, exactly. But three of them so far. So I, I, I never <laughs> complain as long as somebody's buying the dinner. Um, but they came to me because they saw the Penn and Teller thing. They had worked with Sin in the past, and they have an idea of creating a theatrical wrestling show, which is has as much in line with like Cirque du Soleil and Absinthe here in Vegas, which is a crazy uh, variety show going on, as it does a good wrestling show. But then we could make the storyline like one of the pitch ideas is somebody sells their soul in the back to the devil to win the match, but he's actually selling his soul. So now later on in the, the storyline, the devil's got the contract and can make him do what he wants. And now he has to get like, let's just make these things instead of Daniel Bryan, not being able to be in the ring, his soul will go to hell forever. If he loses this match, like I loved that in the undertaker days. Let's, let's yeah. Right. The... yeah. So that's, that's what I'm hoping this can turn into someday. Well, no. with that though, you can do say speaking of the Undertaker, you can have if he was still wrestling, and you're going to release Kurt Angle. He, he knows that he knows this is his last match. Do a casket match, and Kurt Angle never comes back. Yeah, yeah, you know, or something to that effect around oh, those lines. Something where you're going just so over the. Well, the best example in WWE, and it's it was made for kids, but I I watched all the way through it like three times. It was the Undertaker versus the New Day. In the oh, Netflix yeah. special, where they yeah. went to the Undertaker's haunted mansion to try to get his urn, and it was cheesy, but holy shit, are the New Day funny? For one, like those guys have comic chops. I, I would, I would share a stage with any of them anytime. But two, you had good versus evil. You had all the comedy you get. They Undertaker got a hold of Big E first, and then made Big E fight his friends. Imagine you. You take a wrestler like Big E, he's never going to fight Kofi Kingston unless they have some big blow-up, unless The Undertaker's got his soul and makes him evil. Now yes. we can have a dream match that doesn't have to be Kofi's a heel for the next two years. It can be they win the match, they beat The Undertaker, they get his soul back, everything's great again. Like, yeah, why not? Why, yeah. why not? Freak Show Wrestling needs a TV deal. Freak Show Wrestling, Shikara Wrestling... Uh, Hood Slam in San Francisco, all those guys that understand entertainment is just as important as the good. You can't do yeah. one without the other. Yeah. And I think yeah. Shocker did so well on Fool Us because the wrestling was real. Like that was a body slam. That was a choke slam. That was a damn good atomic drop. I cannot believe the height they got on the atomic drop on that thing. Like, And, and for me, like being both a Magic fan and a wrestling fan, watching that match i didn't pay attention to anything but the match but that's because the the magic and stuff was slipped into like it still had ridiculous because when he's doing the turnbuckle stumps yeah, yeah after yeah. the third one sin lets go and shocker keeps going a couple times well that's fun. yeah that's but, I mean, but i mean like i didn't i wasn't the whole time i wasn't paying attention to the magic really i yeah. got drawn into the wrestling and that that I, I hope that's what we were going for. Is yeah, that that's what I got trying to. I wasn't paying attention. Fans, Magic fans could get the comedy of the things that were happening, and the wrestling fans could get the entertainment of the match. So I, I, it's the only YouTube video I ever put out that ninety-eight percent of the comments are positive on. So <laughs> that's that. I mean, holy crap! You you never want to read the comments on a video, right? Especially from wrestling fans. Wrestling fans can be a little bit brutal sometimes. Magic fans can too, but yeah, everybody. It seems like I hit. We we came up with something great. I hope. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly one million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running. Printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop, on, drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code, 
P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code P-O-D, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. <laughs> now, the wrestling and the magic, uh, we saw done once before. <laughs> yep. Mephisto. I watched that match. When we were writing and figuring stuff out, I watched that match probably a dozen times to figure out what was wrong with it. Because I'm going to be honest. I respect the hell out of the guy. I know the guy who actually taught him magic. Uh, it's a guy here in town who's caught Copperfield and stuff like that. But it's not good. It's not a good match. Right. Why wasn't it a good match? So I watched it over and over to figure out what was bad about it. Because some of the magic was fun. But, but the whole was, thing was fun, but it wasn't wrestling. It wasn't wrestling, and it wasn't him. That wasn't the right guy. He was a freaking hulk of a man that never did a magic trick before in his life until they gave him the gimmick. Okay. Now, you yeah. take somebody like, and I'm going to get his name wrong, but uh, on my first video, there's an indie wrestler who's known for magic, and he did a magic trick backstage at WWE on one of his shots. Um, it's somebody, Jarek320, somebody... You guys in the chat will know I have nothing against the guy. I think he's great. I just don't remember his damn name. Um, but Jerry something who brought magic into his indie promotion. And he got known for it because he loved magic. And that Fantasio didn't love magic. He was a wrestler. He was a big guy wrestler who was uncomfortable doing all of the wacky things that they made him do. So it's like, how do we make this feel fun and reasonable? And half of it was just shocker loves wrestling shocker loves comedy so it's already going to come out naturally that way and sin sin is such a versatile wrestler you know he can give you the comedy he can give you the scary so whatever you need from it so it, it never would have happened without sin either I, I just flat out i know a dozen wrestlers if sin was out i don't think you would have seen it on tv this year it, yeah it, it would have been a long that. time if it um, wasn't him. and his whole performance just goes right along with it yeah, never breaks persona. Yeah, it's now what's easier? So, is Shaka's uh manager? Yeah, what's easy? Who's easier to deal with, wrestling promoters or the I don't know what you would call someone that puts on the magic shows? So, so Greg does corporate magic, and I'll be very honest, magic pays a lot better than wrestling does. Oh, I'm sure. But, Greg doesn't send Shocker out on a lot of magic gigs. Most people for their corporate cocktail hour aren't expecting the shock. Now the Shocker's done some of those shows, but Shock I do most of the work so Shocker can go off on TV and have fun. So there's a lot more magic to deal with. So I would say the magic world business-wise is more, but honestly, wrestling is so hard to get your foot in the door too. I you know, you can, but there's a lot more time that has to go into building something in wrestling that I think it doesn't matter. There's so many more feet in that door before you. Exactly. Well, like in magic, I can go out there tomorrow and say, I'm a magician, get a gig, go do the gig. And whether I'm good or bad, it doesn't matter. But if I'm going to try to get into wrestling, I got to go to a promotion. I got to get 20 guys to know that I'm good. I can't just yeah. tell you I'm good. You take my word for it and you hire me. I fuck up in a wrestling ring. 20 guys are going to beat my ass in the back if I did something really stupid. So as far as easier to get into, absolutely magic. All right. Well, yeah, Penn and Teller kind of said that back when they were doing the um when the unmasked when the masked wrestler the uh, was magician. around. He was like, Why what's he afraid of if he takes the mask off? Are we gonna make him disappear? <laughs> oh, that guy isn't he he lives in Vegas too. I met him a handful of times. Uh, what's hold that? on? I got that Somebody at the door. I will be right back. That's all right. Guys, we never know what's going to happen here at the Irish you, I like it how people like just get up and answer the door while they're in the middle of an interview. But whatever. Well, I mean, if he's waiting for his mother to go to dinner. That's true, know. too. Yeah, I take back my little sarcasm, sarcastic statement. It could be his mother. Well, let's talk to his mother about how she feels about him. You know, being I told you don't do interviews without me in the room. What the hell are you thinking? Well, Sorry, I told oh. you. 
you had to do this at this time. I don't care. If I'm doing the interview. I'm doing the damn what interview. The what the hell? What's How the... long has this thing Whoa. been going on without me here? Oh, shocker. Welcome. Where you guys are. Shocker. Welcome. How are you? Are you were talking tonight? to Greg about shit? Greg doesn't know shit. That guy does car tricks for a living. Come on. We're talking wrestling here. All right. We were, all right. Well, we were talking to him about being the manager and what it's like to. He to deal keeps with the women and coming, and the, he keeps the refrigerator stocked. As long as those two things happen, he can be my manager if he wants to call himself that. First of all, congratulations. You had a great appearance, two great appearances, really, on Fool Us. So. Oh, shucks. Making me blush. Can't tell, but it's all happening. No, yeah, I'm pretty proud of both of them, but, yeah, that last one was fun. That yeah. last one is the reason you're talking to me. So yes, I mean, it is. Yeah, yeah. Shocker grew up a little bit over the years, and he the, the first one. You know, the mind reading is fun, but if you're not taking bumps, you're not living life. <laughs> now, what was now? What was it like being in front of like Penn and Teller as a magician? I would imagine you're a little bit of, of starstruck. No, you know, Greg, Greg. Greg talked about that a lot. I think Greg's still emailing Teller back and forth a little bit. But when a celebrity meets a celebrity, there ha- when Shocker walks into a theater, I don't care that it says Penn and Teller on the marquee. That was Shocker's theater for 17 and a half minutes. That's yeah. how I look at it. So once I'm in action and going, that's great. When I got home later and watched it, uh, you know, yeah, they, I, I saw the smiles. I can't say I wasn't happy because – we all have our idols growing up, and we have our wrestling idols. I mean, Jesus. I, I grew up watching Carrie Von Eric versus The Missing Link with Percy Pringle as a manager back in the WCCW days. So I have my heroes, and magic-wise, well, I might watch a little bit of them growing up. It's too. like if you, you can be the up-and-coming guy that gets squashed by Hulk Hogan, but you do a damn good job doing it, you're going to get the push. So the shock is getting a push. If you can make it memorable. Yes, that, that's the and, whole thing. Make and it having a match on a, on Fool Us was pretty memorable. You know, it is the only magic wrestling match in the era of sports entertainment, which means they dropped the F. We don't talk about Fantasio. He was in the F era. We don't talk about him anymore. I'm the first magic wrestling match in sports entertainment. That then that's that I know. Awesome. No. But you didn't I mean, pull the rabbit out of your hat. How much? No, magic I don't pull it out of there. We don't talk about where I pull the rabbit out of, but that costs extra. <laughs> how much magic do you actually incorporate into your matches? Uh, you know, shocker. I don't. Ha- I don't get in the ring a lot. This face is too pretty to get too many punches straight to it. So back during the freak show wrestling days, I was the host, announcer, joke maker. So I wouldn't, I I don't sully myself by getting involved in a lot of matches. I only get involved in the most important ones. And Sin Bodhi, I'm going to make that guy work for me one of these days. I will be the manager or, you know, we'll come up with something. I think we worked our problems out in the ring there. I need to tell you, um, Shocker, Sin's going to be on next week. Oh, is he? Yes. You know, I got to say, the guy hits hard. I, we're all wrestling fans here and I don't care what you say. I had his handprint on my chest for five days after that taping. So call whatever you want, whatever you want. But when you take a chop and you want to make it sound good, you're you going to remember it. And he knew how to do that. So. Now, you know, I could kind of tell you don't get in the ring a lot from watching you get beat up by sin. Not only that, did you hear me sucking air at the end of that? Holy shit, <laughs> I need to get my cardio back up. That was – but it was something else. It, it was – there was a spectacle behind it, and that I think that's a big part of what wrestling's missing as well is the whole. What's the spectacle? Where's the spectacle behind Adam Cole? I I agree. I you know I think wrestling kind of in that it was the eighties to nineties when we had so many things. Jesse Ventura mm-hmm. announcing with Vince McMahon is probably the best announcing duo. To the and I love Jr. and I love freaking Polly in the ECW days or not Polly, but the dude from the ECW days. But yeah, only when Jesse wore the turban. Oh yeah, and <laughs> for the record, Jesse's the best Jesse. Adam <laughs> Cole is a great wrestler. Oh yeah, I don't believe when Adam Cole walks in a room, I don't believe he can kick my ass. Well, it's like oh. this now for me. Adam Cole's got the belt now. In three weeks, he loses it. 
now the kids are a fan of the new guy and then the new guy. But me, as a wrestling fan, saw the Shocker on Penn and Teller, and holy shit, now I'm a fan of the, of, of the Shocker, regardless of where he is and what he does. Exactly. Not, you become a fan of the guy, yeah. not the story. And, and I, I, I agree completely. I think Sin used to call them, back in his grumpier days, we'll call it, Sin used to Yesterday. call them doll wrestlers. Where they all had the perfect body, the perfect everything, and they you, they were just so generic. You could Cookie plug cutter. and play, and it's like this. Uh, what are we gonna do? I don't know. Just make him a cowboy this week or something. Like, no. And it's it's a little victim of its wrestling's a victim of its own success because we've got so many names now to choose from. Where back in the day we had like twenty guys that you could really care about. Now there's like a hundred. Right. Wrestling maybe should narrow its focus a little bit. I don't want to see anybody lose a career. I don't want to see anybody talented not get their due. But holy shit, there's a lot of people to keep in mind that when a newcomer comes in, it feels like you're picking up Spider-Man comic number 386. Like, what is even going on? I don't – who's this guy? I don't even know who this guy is yeah. anymore. And Yeah. Well, like today was the 25th anniversary of The Rock breaking into the WWE. Okay. Uh, it took 25 years from The Rock to get there. But that's a storyline, and that's a development of one yeah. person. Not not being like from Rocky Maivia to and going along. That's not Rocky Maivia. All of a sudden, he's going to be Fred Jones, and he's going to be a disgruntled newspaper salesman. He's going to hit you with the newspaper. Oh, no, he's the Rock again. Yep. You know, that's the part that loses people. Exactly. And I think, you know, I just had a big talk about this with a bunch of other wrestlers, and it was – the fact that The Rock and Stone Cold could sink the company at one point in their career if they had left. Now, during that time, there was nowhere to go. They weren't going to go to WCW because they weren't. And there was no real alternative except for ECW to go to. So there's nowhere for them to go and tank the company. But now you build your company on and somebody like a Rock or a Stone Cold and they decide to go to AEW. Guess what? All those people go over there now, too. So it, at least in Vince's mind, it's not in his best interest to have anybody that big again. He wants everybody a solid B plus. Like they're all talented. They're all great, but he doesn't want an A plus guy anymore. Cause it could fuck him over. If he, if that guy leaves, he wants everybody plugged in to the WWE exactly. thing. He can pull the plug out of you and put into someone else. Exactly. And good for Vince, bad for wrestling overall. I can understand why he does it. Cause a businessman, you, you gotta make your money, but yeah, it, it's, it's a little sad. And the thing with AEW is they're more interactive and they know who to be interactive with. Like there's yeah. a, I, I follow this kid on TikTok. He's got Down syndrome. He's a huge wrestling fan, Baker Banta. And um, he was, he, he was always getting WWE stuff and always wearing WWE shirts. And Cole Cabana reached out and sent him a bunch of AEW stuff. Uh, just this last week, he was at, a, they had him backstage at AEW, and he met all of his heroes, and you got to see the videos. So now, AEW fans are being seen by this kid who has, I don't know, he's one of like the six people that Dunkin' Donuts follows. Like, he has millions oh, of followers wow. on um, And well, now think- that's all being seen. So now you're seeing that Daniel Bryant is there. You're seeing that CM Punk is there, when you might not have if you were a casual fan. Oh, yeah. Well, I think AEW really is the current heart of wrestling because it comes from that place of love. They they appreciate the fans. Like some of the best things that would happen, into, the things that make me like John Cena aren't necessarily the matches he's done. And he's had some great matches, but you tell me this guy does 300 make-a-wishes a year and you see that kid with the tears in his eye as John's handing him a belt or something, like that's, if we're going to peel that layer back and we're going to just pretend kayfabe doesn't exist, then yeah, show us that real heart of these people. Yes. That, and AEW does that so much better than WWE. They just, they, they can. And it, it's why they have what they have right now. It's why right. they carve that niche. Look what AEW is though. AEW is what didn't work for WWE because they all wanted that. And then they came over here. Well, what they should have done, and I still think WWE should do this, is they do it with NXT. They make NXT its own little thing, and they bring up the – well, Karrion Cross. He's a Vegas guy. Karrion Cross, yeah. great Vegas wrestler, had all this potential doing – kicking ass in NXT, and what do they do? Let's bring him into the main cards and squash him. Right. It's like, what the – 
you you had these kids who grew up watching him for a year and a half, two years, however long it took for him to get over in NXT. And then when he gets WWE, it's like, yeah, you're with the big boys now, sucker. And it's like, you just squashed all these little kids to you killed their hero for trained no by reason. Sin, by the way, that what he was trained by Sin, I believe. Uh, he, partially, yeah, yeah. He FSW out here. He he was a, a future stars of wrestling in Vegas guy. So, but the way they squash him, and I know I got a personal stake. He's a Vegas guy. Of course, I'm going to stick him for a Vegas <laughs> yeah, guy. But still, he he didn't deserve. If you squash somebody when you bring them in, you can't. Well. Look at Sin. Go back and look at Kazarni. And even though he won that, he didn't get the push that that right. A wasn't the greatest character for him, and he'll be the first one to admit that. But oh, B, I loved, but I loved that, I idea, was awesome. that character. It, look, if they did it right, if they did it right, and that's the thing, they tried to make him a, a face. They tried to make him a baby face while talking gibberish and making the girls backstage uncomfortable. He's doing his talk. He's you know he's Sin at that point. He's. It, and then they have him come out and expect him to be freaking a good guy. It's like, right. no, this guy you should be scared of when he comes to the ring. What I would have liked to have seen is like the, you know, they did those little carnival vignettes with them. All those vignettes. If they if they just showed him laughing. Yep. And you just show his face laughing and then you pan out and there's a guy behind him throwing dots at his back. Oh. Well, and remember, like this was the era when Vince thought that yep. draws being able to puke could be a gimmick like this was not <laughs> Vince at his highest point of coming yeah. up with gimmicks and if he had let sin be a little more sin and a little less Kazarni and realized what they had there in a bad guy he he should have been a bad guy at least at first or something or and then, put him in the same similar moniker or type of wrestler as Stone Cold where he's not a good guy but he's not a bad guy but everyone loves him, but everyone hates him. Chaotic neutral. You yeah. don't know what Sin's going to do when he comes. And that's more yes. what he is now. Like Sin Bodhi coming out, you don't know. He might he might punch you, he might kiss you. You don't you don't know. And I think the gimmick he's doing now, if that could have been the WWE gimmick, it it'd be over like gold. I mean, it, it, he he should But I've always sung his praises, so. Right, we got a question coming out of the chat room for you. And uh, this is coming from Bobby D. He's a longtime listener. He uh, on all oh, the yeah. local shows, the indie shows, he's in there setting up the ring. But he's he's in his sixties, but he's okay. still sitting there. Nothing wrong with that. Showing the I'm young guys how to around here. But I've been doing this a, a few more uh, zeros at the end than I like to admit. But his question is: What was the weirdest weirdest match you've ever seen? You've ever witnessed? Oh God, we did. We did some great ones at Freak Show Wrestling. Probably the one that's the most fun to describe because there was crazy, crazy stuff. Vegas has a very good punk rock kind of weird art scene too going on. So we would have sword swallowers and fire eaters and stuff like that. But I don't even remember who was all in it. But we had a match where useless Aquaman showed up as a run-in. <laughs> And calls his people, and at one point, I think a fish came thrown out from the back and landed in the ring. So then he called out much stronger, and octopus tentacles then came out from underneath the ring and started grabbing wrestlers and pulling them underneath. And Sin and his wife, or girl, I can't remember if he's married to Karen or not. Karen's amazing, too. But Sin and Karen made these tentacles that 20 feet long looked like a freaking guar prop. And guys wow. under the ring who were manipulated, and it just, and then they got pulled out. And Aquaman stands in the ring triumphant, and the crowd went nuts. It was one of the craziest, most fun things. But I got to say, probably the thing we'll never get on TV again, though, is we had a wrestler named Gadolf Hitler. Yes. yes. Gadolf Hitler. The most beautiful concept you could possibly imagine. It was great. And this was during the, you know, when Trump was president. So, one way, I don't care how you, I'm not getting political. You want to get political, you talk to Greg. He'll argue with you on Facebook any day of the week. But when whoever the president is, is going to be the butt of a joke. So we had Gadolf Hitler up against Donald Trump trying to get the infinity dildo, which was a <laughs> dildo painted gold with gems on it. 
Yeah. Gadolf Hitler might have gotten it and given Trump the uh, ending he might have deserved in the match. That's all we're going to say in that. But Did he grab him by the... He, yeah, he, well, no. We had <laughs> Queen Kong come out. Who? And tr- Queen Kong. Okay. Who was another freak show one. It's big, you know... In in the same in the same vein as the the, the bulkier women wrestler kind of thing, and That's Trump awesome. grabbed her, and we kind of took some inspiration from that Japanese match. She then bared down with those Kegel muscles, and Trump ended up falling down and getting taken out That's by awful. her immaculately yeah. strong pussy. That's the, the he, only way to describe that. No. Hey, Bobby, you ask those questions, and this is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got the wrestling. It was fun. Oh yeah, you I wish I saw it. It, it, it's funny as hell, but then when the match happens, it's real matches too. I mean, like the moves, we don't say the moves, the wrestling shouldn't be sacrificed for the comedy, and the comedy shouldn't be sacrificed for the wrestling. You got to right. marry them together perfectly and get that proper mix of ingredients. Or instead of Oreo cookies, you get, you know, the knockoff from the dollar store. They just don't taste right, even the though they look exactly the same. The Storios. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, was it, was it Free Show Wrestling that had the, the high tour Ronald McDonald. The which one? Uh no, no. I, Ooh, I that's something else. I don't you remember guys. where that one is from. And that's the thing. There's a lot of these smaller that are doing great concepts like that, or they'll have one match in the middle of something like that. And that's the evolution. I want to see somebody just take it to that other level. Make it that, make like a whole thing really, of promotions oh, like that. I forget if it was you or Greg who mentioned earlier, like on the East Coast, we had Chikara. Yeah. Which yeah. unfortunately, Chikara went through some stuff recently. But wait, you're saying a wrestling promotion might have had some internal politics that made it go wrong? I I don't I don't know anything about anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, well, wrestling went through a phase where a lot of people got canceled, and um, unfortunately, Chikara got yeah, caught up well, in that somehow. Gee, that's another thing I, I I might know a little. You know, when you call yourself the Shocker and you do stand up comedy. You might say some things that you hope don't show back up ten years later. Yeah. Well, but well, but as a stand-up the... comedian, I feel like you get more of a pass because you're almost expected. Like, like I don't think Dave Chappelle should be going through all the stuff he's had to go through this past year because he's telling a joke. If you don't like his jokes, don't watch his specials. Yes, that, that sounds like a reasonable approach, huh? I wonder if anybody told Twitter they should be more reasonable. Like, you get the freedom of speech unless it offends somebody. Well, that, you know, I heard this on a thing the other day, and you should never go out of your way to offend somebody unless you know exactly why you're doing it. And when I do comedy, there are times I absolutely. Well, you know what? I'm going to show you. Let's see this. Let's he see just this. disappeared. I'm kind of scared. You should be kind of scared right now. All right. Did, did Greg get him? So yeah. Shocker's still here, but Shocker does the magic too. So if you remember, in my Foolish special, I said I hate rope tricks. There's a rope trick called Professor Nightmare, which is why Sin was playing the part of Professor Nightmare in the thing. So once again, that is Sin Bodhi all the way across. We call him Professor Nightmare because it's funnier for the magic bit, and he gets it. Right. His boots are soft and cuddly. And what's funny is Raven was like, I don't know who this new character is, but I, I love that Sin's doing this new. And he, then he said it wrong on his podcast, but Raven said beautiful things about it. So one way, he's always going to be both. But I said I hate rope tricks, and there's a rope trick called Professor's Nightmare. And at one point, Sin took my tie, pulled it around my neck. So you could see, there, there's the other end. I'm trying to do it in the mirror here. You could see the tie going around my throat, and he pulled until I couldn't breathe, and then I had to take the rope and get it to go. Oh, where is it? Right? Ah, cut the hair on the way up. There we go. All the way through the neck. You can even see the hair on the way there. Right. Better live, come see it live. But then when I do that, I tell people if Robin Williams did it that way, we'd have missed a doubt fire too. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> so you make jokes like that, you might make an enemy or two. But with the same thing, though, Robin Williams would appreciate that joke. Robin Williams would have made that joke, and that's my yes. my thing. But and you know what? You should never go out of your way to offend somebody. That was the second half of this. You should never go out of your way to offend somebody unless you know why you're doing it. But you should also not let yourself be easily offended. That is a weakness. If you are always offended by things, you will never. Get the cal whatever you need to move forward. You're always like, oh no. So yeah, it's not even people is being easily offended. 
It's people going out of their way to be offended. Out of the way to be offended for other people. Too. Yes. It's well, like it's a, this for, it's like we feel we got to protect everybody like they're a bag of kittens these days. Well, and, if you think back to the Howard Stern movie, and one of the lines in there is, I hate him, but I listen to him. Why do you listen to him? Because I want to hear what he's going to say next. Yeah. And that's why people hang on that. Like, oh, you're an asshole. I don't I don't like you. But you may say you may say something about people with red hair. And I know somebody like that. And I'm going to get mad at you for that. You know what? I, I used to make a joke about cancer. And people were like, you should. What if people are going through cancer? My dad died of cancer. I went through cancer. Part of my healing process is making jokes about cancer. How do you the same way. something? You make jokes about it. If I had a brain tumor and I laugh about it. You're not scared of it. So part of it is me going, fuck you, cancer. I can make stupid jokes about you because you're not that serious to me. Yeah. And well, like I, had, I had a brain tumor. And I often make the joke, well. At least they prove I have a brain. I get the MRI to prove it. See? You now, if, if I had made that joke, if somebody makes that joke, my friend had a brain tumor, and I don't think – it's like, then don't listen – then don't hang out with the guy who made that joke. But other people are going to think that joke's fucking hilarious and want to hear more. If you made that joke to JP, he'd come back with something like, yeah, but it's bigger than his dick. I'm a, I'm surprised you admitted he had one. I mean that that seems yeah. like yeah. I thought I thought the jury was still out. Yeah. Wow. Now, I've got one. My mine's like seven and a half inches. I keep it hanging on my wall. I mean I gotta I gotta really install that thing. It's USB now. My I wanted that car, and I figured once you could get the USB thing, that made it so much easier. Now mine's like a tic tac. Yeah, especially it's just it's like, a tic, like a tic tac. Small, but it'll keep it's your like breath. A I thought your mom's breath smells so good. <laughs> wow! I was like, it was just like a tic tac that someone's had in their mouth for twenty minutes already. It's like twisted Mike and Ike. <laughs> but yeah, that's. I mean, with with comedy, I, I think comedians nine times out of ten should get a pass. Comedians should always get a pass, mm-hmm. at least the first time. Now, and I and I'll go as far to say history should get a pass too because if i made a joke 10 years ago because of the way the world whatever was that joke taken out of context now shouldn't be offensive in the same way that i it's like this guy made a joke 10 years ago so he's not funny now and it's like then you're never letting anybody evolve you're never letting anybody learn you're never letting anybody grow and that's that's not what america is no and i i agree with that is that but if I hear a joke being made, I might turn that special off. But I might tune into the next that's one. That's fine. That's what I mean by giving a pass. You can turn the special off. You don't need to write to Netflix saying, don't even put this on your thing again. I can be like, man, I don't like this guy. There we go. And that you should be important enough for Netflix to listen to. <laughs> you also get to look at it like this. If you tell 20 jokes and I get, I'm upset with one of them, you still told 19 jokes that I like. Yep. And people don't look at that. They they get rid of much like society nowadays. They get rid of the many for the few. Well, the, everybody wants to be the hero, and this is something I've thought of it because everybody thinks they're the rebellion. Nobody thinks they're the empire. But yeah. holy shit, do we have a lot of empire going on right now? And what they want is they want to save someone by. By me being offended for the trans community on behalf of the trans community at Dave Chappelle, I am a hero. I am saving the trans community. And it's like, no, let them speak for their fucking self. And if Dave Dave Chappelle, as long as we're talking about it, if you listen to the joke, he's not really even that disparaging. It's just trans is in the theme of the whole thing. Right. And he was talking about one of his friends. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so weird, and I know this is the the battle cry of everybody who's trying to get a pass. But one of my best friends was on Fool Us, probably about four years ago. Dino Stats. She has now been on Fool Us as Dino Stats. She realized through whatever that she, you know, all the things that are happening these days. And guess what? Still my friend. Still yeah. make the exact same jokes. And if somebody told me they wanted to beat her up because she was trans, you can damn well bet I would put a boot in that ass if somebody was trying to do it. But if you're telling me there's not any joke that has trans in it that's funny, 
that's bullshit. That's ridiculous. There's no way. Like I said, trans people are not retarded kittens. They know they're human beings. Some things will be funny. Some things will be hateful. Let's look at what people were trying to do with the message, not just look at the words and go, oh, well, he's not trans and he said the word, so he must be, he must hate them. And it's like, let's no. look at it like this. They live in this world and they don't choose the life they live, but they live the life they live and they live it openly. They're some of the toughest motherfuckers around. I want. In Freak Show Wrestling, we had a trans wrestler who would come out from, and I hate to even bring it up as a thing because, you know what, that is now a female wrestler. She is a female wrestler. She, as part of this whole gimmick and everything, while she was transitioning, she had it as part of her nurse ratchet gimmick and was kind of creepy and scary and stuff too. But, you know, I made a joke that was in it that offended her. And guess what happened? She came backstage after the show and we had to talk about it and we grew as people and we understood each other a little bit better. She didn't go to sin and say, I want that motherfucker off the show, never hosting again. Cause he don't understand shit. She was mad because there was a misunderstanding like any other human being is going to be. And then we talked it out like civilized people. And yeah. now I know, okay, these I'm jokes, are I didn't realize they were offensive to you. I was taking the character in this perfect. I will never do that again. I understand completely. Everything's great. Imagine if the whole world worked like that. Where <laughs> everybody just talked to each other. Well, when Shocker runs for president, that's the next thing. It'll be America's Got Talent, then straight to the White House. Okay, yeah. I'll be the Rock's vice president first. Yeah. He's going to get in there, and then I'll be the vice president. But My guess was going to be that you're Donald Trump. <laughs> that what? My guess was going to be that you might be Donald Trump under I the mask. I might be under the mask. No, I'm Seth Rogen under the mask. Can't you hear the voice? This is a wig. It's the voice. You know, I got to make Pineapple Express 3 soon. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. No, but like you're saying that going back 10, 15 years before Chappelle had the breakdown, he was hailed comedic genius. Comedian he of the year. brave up until this point. So why did – and that's what makes you think. Did the bravery stop, or is someone taking something out of context now? And as I listen to Chappelle, I still hear the man speaking his truth all the time. Yeah. Yes. And especially for a comedian, but anybody who's always – your own personal truth is going to be messy sometimes. It's no. going to have shit in your past you, you are embarrassed about, but if you never talk about it, how is anybody going to learn? And when Chappelle talks, he sounds like one of the most honest comedians, whether he is or not. I'm with him for the ride 90% of the time. Like, yep. Now, Mad Dog, Matt Kelly in the uh, chat asked, um, what was the match? And I think Greg touched on his earlier a little bit. Um, but what was the match that got you into pro wrestling? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take your question. I'm going to steer it a little bit because world-class championship wrestling is what got me into it. Before WWE was on Saturday mornings, we had world-class, we had the Von Erics, we had the Freebirds. We had what WWE wanted to be and didn't know about it yet on those Saturday morning WCCW ones. So, but the match that stuck out in my head that created, that led to this, that it led to the thing on Penn and Teller for God's sake is it was the one man gang versus the great Kabuki in WCCW. And I mean, great Kabuki, Japanese wrestler, the first real green mist guy in modern history. And he was up against one man gang. And before the match started, he threw what looked like spider webs at the one man gang. And the one man gang got trapped up. And you can look this match up. It's the only time I think they fought. So go to your NBC, go to your, you know, whatever you got nowadays and look it up. Um, but he wrapped them up and they're called throw coils. I had never seen them before in my life. I just went, oh my God, that guy just Spider-Maned another wrestler. That is freaking amazing. And then Kabuki was great. One man gang was bigger than life. It was just these two things. And it just exemplified what I loved in wrestling because it had that theatrical component. So once I started doing magic, those throw coils, I found those, throw the guy who taught Fantasio magic uses those all the time. So I got to go know him in Vegas. So I added throw coils to my comedy act and I like, it just, yeah, it's something was that, that actually, was it throw coils that you used in that first episode of Foolish? I, I use it in both. Uh, when I came, so I used to come out with a confetti cannon 
And you can see me on um, Showtime at the Apollo, which, by the way, they don't bring the white guy on Showtime at the Apollo in the wrestling mask to make friends. So if you want to see the Shocker get booed off Showtime at the Apollo, that's when I knew I was a heel, and I played it as best I could. When you go on TV, you go on TV for different reasons. I'm just going to say that. But I did the confetti cannon there, and the confetti goes everywhere, and it makes a giant mess. You know who doesn't like a giant mess? Comedy club owners. So then I'm like, wow, what can I do? And it kind of, the throw coils, they come right back to you. They're all spider webs and all. So it kind of worked out perfect in the long run. So, uh, yeah, they, I, it, I come out as an introduction instead of having, I, I would throw throw coils, get that big spectacular. And then in this one, I used them as an offensive weapon. I was at a metal show over the weekend that some of the performers could have used that idea. Well, that's the other, I grew up in the days of Iron Maiden, Twisted Sister. Alice yeah. Cooper on his second run, not not old 70s Alice Cooper, who I love. I will listen to old Alice Cooper every day of the week, but I was when he was on that resurgence tour. It was more I was more of a oh. 90s kid. Yes. And so Alice Cooper getting his head chopped off by the guillotine. Guar. Guar. We uh, have Techno Destructo at Freak Show Wrestling. Like you really theatric. Oh yeah. Yeah. Techno and Sin are friends. So we techno would be at just about every freak That's show so in Africa. Gua was part of the Gua was part of the uh, show. I saw that was the for my first time ever seeing them. Oh, God. And funny thing, they were not the first person on their stage to pee on somebody. <laughs> yeah, but theirs was probably the the first one to fake pee on somebody. Yes, okay. if you look on TMZ last weekend, uh, there was a girl. I don't even know the name of the band. That was like one of the smaller bands that was there. She said she had a pee. Guy in the audience yelled, "You can piss on me." They brought him up on stage. And it became an OnlyFans show all of a sudden. In front of, uh, I think they said 140,000 people. It was at the uh, Daytona the Daytona Speedway. I mean, it was a Brass, huge Brass huge Against, festival. I think the name of it was. That's pretty yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, and man, I'm looking, just, up, I'm looking at uh, name all the guys on here. Iceman, Missing, Missing Link was another classic. But yeah, Guar, Guar in their heyday. I remember they went on the Jerry Springer show yes. as examples of metal that scares the parents and stuff. So. That's what I you I love that theatrical on top of something that is already solid. Yeah. Like Iron Maiden, you don't need Eddie running out on stage for Iron Maiden to be good. Yeah. But holy shit, does it make the concert a lot better right. when you got a twenty foot animatronic monster running across the stage? War is not the best band out there. Not anymore. You but, gotta listen. They they went through a lot. The, the lead singer died probably about five yes. eight. Years. Oh, has passed away, and they've never been the same. They're trying. They are trying their absolute best, but yeah, when when Jimi Hendrix dies, you can't just find another guitar player. It's right. Just, yeah. it, well, when the, you lose, it, it's the story that it's like a wrestling match. It was exactly. the story they tell on stage. Exactly. Guar, the Aquabats, even Weird Al Yankovic puts yeah. on these shows with and with callbacks. See, from comedy, there's things known as callbacks, which I know everybody yeah. knows what that is, but. You watch those good comedians like Chappelle, and he'll end on something that he brought up at the beginning of the special. Oh, yeah. like, there's a craft to doing this. Yeah. And that's what these bands that know what they're doing do too. The Aquabats will bring somebody in the first song that then comes back in the last song. And wrestling doesn't think about those callbacks all the time. And when they happen, the fans explode for them. When they're done, right. You got to do them right. They got to feel not forced. They don't, they got to feel not formulaic. But if you can bring that back up, like, holy shit, Paul Bear is back and he's got the urn. How did he get the urn? The urn's been missing for a year. And now also, like, just, and it, you know what I mean. Yeah. Bringing that stuff up, it's it, it just giving that theatrical quality and then weaving it through your entire story is always going to be better than worse. I think Chappelle is really a master of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. When you do stand-up, who did you look up to as a stand-up comedian? So I do a lot of magic. I will be honest. You don't you don't throw on a wrestling mask and tell dirty jokes if you're not willing to tread into the carrot top category of things. And growing up, for me, it was Amazing Jonathan. If you remember Amazing Jonathan, oh, yeah. Yeah. the number one comedy spe- central special in the 2000s, um, Penn and Teller. Harry Anderson, all the guys doing essentially stand-up comedy magic that was very, very funny, very edgy, and different than David Copperfield, the stuff we had seen before. So those were the guys I came I came up with. 
So like my first comedy set was Amazing Jonathan cover band. I, I, I've become friends with him since. In fact, pretty proud. So anybody who does know, Jonathan painted that for me. Nice. Oh, that's cool. From the, so 18, 18-year-old 18 Greg is pretty proud of current Shocker because 18-year-old Greg remembers watching Amazing Jonathan going, man, if I could be him someday. And then Greg got to go to Thanksgiving dinner and he's giving him a painted leather jacket. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's a fucking mind blower right there. But those were my guys coming up, the comedians and Carrot Top and Sam Kinison and Gallagher, the guys who added, once again, the theatrical element to their comedy. So that's what I would say I try to do. It's when I do 15 minutes of comedy, you're getting a show. You're not getting, so the airline food wasn't really as good on the flight from Denver this time. I mean, you're getting over the top spectacle. You're getting magic effects that hopefully are amazing. And then jokes that make you go, oh my God, did he just say that? Like that's, that's what the Shocker Theater show. It's in your name. Yeah, it's in the name. You know, you gotta know what you're going into. Now, we're we're just about at an hour. We're shocker, and I know you got a few things to do tonight that are probably a little more important than this podcast. (laughs) Not more important, just different. I mean, Red Lobster with the mom, yes, you know what? I will always say that is the most important thing to me. So, absolutely, with my mom when she comes to visit from Montana, absolutely, that is more important. Red, Red Lobster, though, come on, they don't have them in Montana. Or at least they don't have we're they in don't Boston. Have they don't have them. In Olive Garden. So, as normal as those are for everybody else, those are treats for two ladies from Montana. So, yeah, everything I know about Montana, I've learned from Big Sky and um, the Cowboy Show there, um, Yellowstone. That's all you need. That that sums it all well, up pretty much. Now, where can people find you, Shocker? I, the best thing right now, go to the YouTube, go to Shocker Rants, Google the magic of pro wrestling magic wrestling match, whatever you got to do to get that Penn and Teller video, because for my wrestling fans out there, that's going to be the more you watch it, the more you share it, the more you like it. I throw it on Reddit, throw it on the WWE Twitter. We, if you love that match and you want to see more of that in the real world, let them know about it because that's the way I've already had meetings with producers and stuff. So we're working on a couple things out here, but a project only happens as soon as it happens. So if it never happened, there's a lot of projects that look good that never happen. So the more eyes we can get on this thing, the more AEWs, WWEs, indie promotions, maybe TNA is finally like, maybe we should try something else. Now let's just make Jeff Jarrett the champion again. No, try something new. I mean, (laughs) who knows? But maybe some promotion is going to be like, yes, let's lean into the entertainment aspect of this. I'm the fucking flag bearer for that. I am the... I want to be the poster boy for entertainment in pro wrestling. I respect the hell out of the guys that do the moves better than me, the guys that can kick my own fucking ass, and I will always respect that. So let's meld that with the great entertainment we know is there too. So shockermagic.com, find that most important though, find that video, share it. Start your own Reddit thread. Say we need more of this in the world. Make your own underground campaign. The more you share, the happier I am. It is true. We do need more of it. And the only way we get no more is by throwing it in the... If Vince got 150 emails saying, have you seen this match? Eventually, somebody's going to show it to him. Right now, I am a bug on the windshield of the semi driving to Sheboygan with all the rings in the truck. Let's yeah, make but, it so they can't ignore it. But Vince will sit on it for a year, then bring it back saying it's his. That's fine. Then we then we get TNA or AEW to do it first and, and oh, yeah. get their asses. Like I I'm one of those I am willing to have a conversation with anybody until you piss me off. So let's get it out there. Let's get some conversations. Let's if we want an evolution to happen in wrestling, we have to make it happen. We have found they're not going to give it to us. We've been trusting for years, and they're not going to give it to us. So we got to start demanding it. We have and to be the evolution as. The standard for demanding it because I'm gonna blow my own freaking horn. I'm the shocker. It's a damn good entertaining wrestling match. I don't think there's a better example of an entertaining wrestling match besides the you know the Kenny Omega, the, the handful of those. All of those fall in the same category. Use those, share them, tell everybody that's what you want to see. That's absolutely yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Shocker. Thank you. 
Uh, I know we switched the times and we switched the days on you a couple of times. My fault. My fault as well. Greg's a magician in Las Vegas. There was this whole COVID thing going on that, you know, kind of reduced the the amount of days he's been working. So we got a little more free time right now. Before we get off, Greg said you were in the hot tub with four girls. How was that? That's pretty good. Go. I was on on Rock the Promo. Go back and watch those Rock the Promos. It was on the Rock's YouTube channel. It was comedians doing wrestling promos. AJ Kirsch, the guy who was my ring announcer for the Penn and Teller thing, ended up winning the whole thing. So he's got the Rock the Promo title that the Rock actually handed him. Nice. But we oh, had a wow. series of things, and there's some gold in there. And you you can see some of my hot tub with the girls in, uh, <laughs> in my second round. And fuck Tommy Dreamer. I'm coming for you, Tommy Dreamer. I was better. You should have put me through, you son of a bitch. We just had the challenge put there. The challenge has been put down. The challenge has been put down. The Shocker wants Tommy Dreamer. I want Tommy Dreamer. I will take you on in, like, Dance Dance Revolution, because that man could still kick my ass. But I will take you on, Tommy. Anytime. The innovator of violence versus the innovator of magic. There we go. All right. I'll pull a rabbit out of somewhere on him. You can guarantee that. <laughs> out of Behind his trash can yeah. full of weapons. <laughs> All right. Shocker, thank you so much. Thank you very right, much. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. See you next Thursday with Sin.